Hey everybody, this is Dylan Got My microphone was plugged in, stupid, so this week's audio on my end sounds like fucking shit. So enjoy that. Hopefully it doesn't deter you from enjoying this amazing episode. Thanks very much for listening and bye-bye. Oh, yeah, Dylan. How are you doing this week? Are you doing good? Are you ready to bring laughter to the listeners after? Oh, yes. Laughter. We'll all rejoice because we're talking about Vince McMahon's 1991 for fuck's sake. Oh, Holy yeah. shit, I'm Dylan God. And uh... my name is John Hastings. I'm coming at you live from the burned out crevice that used to be Los Angeles. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, it's Battle of Los Angeles time. Mm. Rage Against the Machine. Dino, Dino, Yeah, it's the uh, last night was the first night where I wasn't kept up by helicopters as uh, the occupying force of the LAPD uh, tries to stop people from peacefully saying you're not allowed to kill black people. And the LAPD is like, nah, but I think we are, though we want to. Oh, yeah. So fucking let's ignore that completely. Stick your head in the sand for a good hour. Yes. Because we're going to talk about Vince McMahon in 1991 and the beautiful George Zahorian, who we made a mistake last week. He was indicted in 1991. And let me tell you this, as we've all know from watching the show Billions, because everyone watches Billions. We absolutely do. Probably not, though. Season five, by the way. Do yourself a favor and watch Billion Season 5 because it goes from being like, oh, this is a fun thriller to it's like, this is Entourage, but Paul Giamatti's in it for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it already does have a very thick Entourage feel to it. I must say that. And, and there's a wrestling connection to Billions because for no reason Becky Lynch is in it. And I'm going to say this right now. Becky Lynch, in, in the great continuing tradition of wrestlers are essentially actors that have to do their own stunts but cannot figure out how to just act. Oh, it's very wooden. I'm the man, I'm Becky Lynch, <laughs> and I'm friends with the Wendy I hear. Okay. Oh, good to see you. <laughs> like, oh, Becky. Oh, yeah. that's Well, I mean, they've already had so many wrestling references in the first two seasons, and they had John Donaher teaching fucking Paul Giamatti how to do... Jiu-jitsu, so I, uh, some meatheads are fucking right in that show, baby, and I couldn't love more of it. All right, here, but here we go. So what I was saying about Billions is, first, you topple a small guy to give probable cause, so he'll be on your si- side for the big guy, and that's exactly what the FBI does to George, Big Daddy Zahorian, because he really just says, they say, hey, do you deal steroids? And he says, do I? Here's some wrestlers' names. Beast mode. Yeah, Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, other wrestlers we couldn't find on the internet because we thought we should find them. It just says basically every article about this time frame, it basically is like these two famous people and other ones we didn't recognize. And we're not going to mention because I'm going to tell you to even write down their names, make us uncomfortable. Um, well, it was so clearly in the public's face, the WWF steroid use. I mean, like you got the guy who's you got a guy who's uh, six feet tall a six foot six and a million pounds of just shredded up fucking beefcake telling you to not do drugs and 
he does an on Sergio Hall interview Hulk Hogan does that is like he basically just goes why would I? he just does the Tyrone Biggums of steroids where he's like this is all natural look at this picture of me when I was a kid now why would I go to talk to old George just so I could get some I don't know maybe specifically HGH maybe some Andro then I go get the Macho Man he puts a needle in me I put a needle in him then we argue about protein bars for the next two hours why would i do that specifically i've never done that i don't know what that is yeah it, what's also weird is when hulk Hogan was being interviewed by arsenio hall he kept showing photos and calendars with things circled that are like get steroids on wednesday and he's like that <laughs> that was a fun joke up steroids from vince mcmahon's house exactly yeah. remember to take out fifteen hundred dollars in tens because george does not like new bills with uh, um, uh, sequential um, sequential serial numbers on it. And he's like, that's another fun prank between me and George, a man I've never actually met. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> but a real fun part of that trial, George Zahorian, is basically he alleges, to try and get lower time, that all these wrestlers were essentially taking just anything to get juiced up and puffy and look like YOLO bad boys. <laughs> um I'm sorry. Because he alleges that a guy came up to him and basically said um, that he was like, oh, I take this. And then he looked at it and it said for for animal use only. And he was like, don't take that. And, take this. And then the guy this was like, uh, but I'm an animal. And then they just, he full kissed him on the mouth. He was like, what? Why'd you do that? And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. that's what an animal does. I'm a. Now my, and my name is Dave Bautista. Yeah. And that wrestler was Tito Santana. Um, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, get him. Christopher, <laughs> yeah, someone finally needs to take P Tito down a fucking peg or two. Um, I just want to uh, quickly just read uh, or sum up something Christopher Hobson pointed out at the, uh, the 90s was sort of the hangover and end of middle of slash of uh, basically America's weird puritanical streak really coming out. There was a series of panics um, spurred on by various programs and religious organizations in the late 80s and early 90s, such as the, um, the uh, PMRIC, which was an organization to stop swears being in music. They were derailed by D. Snyder, of all people, showing up in ripped jeans and a T-shirt and being the most eloquent man in Washington. Um, the uh, Judas Priest was put on trial for murder because a guy killed himself and they claimed that he, they had the lyrics, just do it said backwards in um, yeah. Yeah, in, a, in a song. There was various satanic panics around the United States. The most famous one would have been the West Memphis Three, which were three goths that were put on death row because a sheriff is a monster. Um, and now the thing to remember and why this pertains to the Zahorian trial is that they were lumped in under the great drug panic of the George Bush one administration of the idea of just don't just say no GI Joe's had a full arc where they fought drug dealers that were giving kids crystal and it was uh, and they aligned with Cobra because Cobra is all about world domination but you do that fucking sober you take the world over sober you don't fucking do drugs <laughs> so wait a minute it took the world's two greatest military forces to defeat some crystal meth dealers, these meth dealers must have been fucking sick. Yeah, they were fucking awesome. They were like, like as it turned out, G.I. Joe and Cobra combined were Bellator, and these drug dealers were UFC, baby. Ooh, yeah. Well, here's the other fun thing, is that this has just been in their face for so long. They want, the U.S. does, a big, big conviction to show that we are staunchly against steroids, 
something that became illegal just months previously because of, and it's got to be because of partially Ben Johnson breaking the world record for the hundred meters and then getting immediately caught for steroids. All these people getting caught for steroids. So they want to say, Hey, you know what? Steroids equals bad. And what easier people to catch are there than the guys who are just injecting themselves live on TV, baby, the pro wrestlers. Just for, co- for context. It's context. Means. When I was growing up, I was so convinced that steroids were a drug like cocaine or heroin that I thought that like if you saw drug dealers on the corner, they'd be like, you want some crack? You want some heroin? Do you want some steroids? Which... Looking back, really doesn't make any sense because, man, drug addicts would look at least a little bit more cut if they were like, ooh, I'm going to mix some heroin with some HGH. And also, what a bad day it would be to take fucking heroin and steroids at the same time. Like, I'm going to go to the gym and have a full sleep on an elliptical machine. (laughs) But you'd be fucking buff. Oh, yeah, you'd be fucking buff and you'd be so good at music. Do you understand how fucking hot and good music would be? If they combined heroin with steroids, holy shit. I thought heroin mostly was, that was once you were good at music, you did heroin. As I understand it, it's more uh, heroin kind of just quiets your anxiety, so you can practice a lot more, you're a lot more experimental, uh, and also you really don't give a fuck. As As said by Artie Lang one time, what people don't understand about heroin is that junkies aren't sleeping on a beer bottle because they um, they don't know they're doing that. They don't care that they're using a beer bottle as a pillow. And that's just like, oh, that's so much sadder. John? Dylan. Rational Review officially endorses heroin uh, use. You know what? <laughs> I've been on the fence about this for a while, but I think it's time to fucking get in the field and make a strong endorsement. If you're out there and you know what? You're feeling like, you know what? I don't want to do heroin, but maybe I'll try it. Give it a go. Take it from... Two men that have performance arts degrees, one from a college and one from a university, take it from two men that have both taken shits outside because they weren't quite sure about the bar bathroom. We're doctors. We are doctors? How great... (laughs) Obviously don't do heroin, but how great would it be if there was just one podcast where it's like, Blue Chew? That's interesting. We're officially sponsored by... White gold heroin uh, or whatever. Ju- I think white gold is a potato. Yeah, but anyway, Yukon <laughs> gold potato heroin. I'll tell you what that podcast is called. It's called the Joe Rogan Experience. And that's what's <laughs> like. All you got to do is just convince Joe that heroin will make you believe more in aliens. And I guarantee he's like, I've been taking this thing called fentanyl, everybody. Let me tell you, I was in a sauna for 11 hours. <laughs> it's great fentanyl have you been on this new diet doing heroin and never eating i've lost tons of weight Yeah, i'm so cut i finally understand why mike goldberg was going to the bathroom all the time <laughs> well that guy was a cokey like a fuck i mean baby. it's the best so, thing in the world and the fact that they always talked about how mike goldberg would go to the bathroom like 11 times during a broadcast and then later had a drug problem it's like wow fucking MMA athletes are not really able to put two and two together. He hasn't ever drank water, and he pees about 40 times in a uh, in the disabled person bathroom, door locked, flush toilet three times. It's almost like he's using the toilet flush to cover up some sort of snorting noise. To be fair, though, if you're about to fight someone and you're that nervous, you're probably like, people could just like legit- literally like rub their mushroom tip in cocaine, and you'd be like, oh, that guy seems like he's relaxed. That guy's getting ready for a fight. He's taking a thing of it. <laughs> This guy, he's getting ready for his fight. He's just rubbing his 
cockhead and some fucking. Let's blood. bring this to Vince McMahon's so, perspective. I guarantee yeah. Vince McMahon looked at all of this, was being told by this by various lawyers of like, hey, you need to scale back use of steroids, all that sort of stuff. There is a focus on drug use in the United States, and I guarantee Vince McMahon is like, but we're moral. We saw we beat Iran in the ring. Moral. We brought down the USSR because uh, Nikolai Volkov never won a match. Moral. We have the ultimate warrior, an immigrant from another dimension, so I'm not racist. Moral. And those are all the things I need to tell you. Hulk Hogan is the president, he probably thought at this time period. <laughs> the senator of Hulkamania is uh, our champion. The floor now recognizes the most Florida man, the congressman for Tallahassee. Hulk Hogan. Well, let me tell you, brother, we're gonna. What you gonna do when we repeal the Affordable Health Care Act and entitlements stop running wild on you? <laughs> Hulk Hogan is a beautiful man. He is the champion at this no, time. He's not. Also, no, he's not. the WWF. Not the champion at the t- this time. Well, he's going to be the yeah, champion. Yeah, we'll get it fucking right. Right now, the champion is the Ultimate Warrior, which, I mean, that... Well, that's the interesting thing about really reworking these things is we literally go, like, it starts the Royal Rumble, then WrestleMania, then we have eight more months of just, like, getting ready for the next WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also... So 1999 starts with um, Hulk con- uh, Vince concluding the Ultimate Warrior is an absolute failure in his attempt to create a new Hulk Hogan. So what do they do? And ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited because this is the beginning of Vince McMahon really starting to get crazy. Instead of trying to find a new idea, uh, sticking with the Ultimate Warrior, trying to find a way to revitalize him, bringing in fresh heels for him to attack, what does he do? He goes, we'll bring in Sergeant Slaughter, we'll make in Sergeant Slaughter uh, Iraqi, Everyone hates Iraq. It's the Iron Sheik, but just done all over again. And man, does that backfire for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think Vince McMahon thought the invasion of Kuwait would end with a, in a full-scale war operation Desert Storm. Boy, did it. And they do not back down from this. They just go, yep, that's even better. That's pretty much what happens. And the, I would like to take something back I said last week, which was Sergeant Slaughter is fat. He was not fat here. He was trim and slim. And, buddy, he was looking grim. He was a great heel. And, honestly, I think part of the reason that everyone was really pissed off about this angle was because Sergeant Slaughter was playing such a darker version of a heel than you usually get in the WWF, where it's like most of Hulk Hogan's opponents boiled down to this. It was a Saturday morning cartoon where it was like, who's going to win, strongy or fatty? (laughs) Or this guy... This guy has a lot of money, but he's weak and a, and a loser. Whereas Hulk, whereas Sergeant Slaughter was like, you've seen this guy literally every Saturday morning beat up people very easily on a cartoon. The last time, if you're a WWF fan and you're still watching this, you saw him. He was easily beating people up. Now he's fucking coming for Hulk Hogan. And the other thing was every single promo he did, he was frothing from the mouth and just so intimidating. The thing that made... The thing they didn't have that... Sorry, the, the Iron Sheik had was Freddie Blassie. Freddie Blassie let you know it was professional wrestling in this weird way because it's like we do have an Iranian man and he is he is doing his thing where he just goes, uh, the USA stinks. He says the same thing every time. And then Freddie Blassie coming out who basically is like, oh, this guy's just trying to sell me used cars. So 
So it's more about how this guy's a scumbag than it is about Iran is. Freddie Blassie was a menthol cigarette in a leisure, leisure suit, just being like, I actually don't know what countries are, but let me tell you, there's a lot of ladies out here that could skip a couple of meals. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. He literally was like, yeah, Iran's good, and everyone here is a fat loser. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Sergeant Slaughter was like, they actually early 90s photoshopped a picture of him with Saddam Hussein. Yeah, they photoshopped the, that. Uh, Jesse Ventura convinced them that they should say that they they, he, uh, they burned an American flag because there was a law passed that said you could do that. So Jesse, And by the way, this shows that Vince McMahon was losing it in that he was like, all right, who do I take suggestions for to how to get this heel over? And then Jesse the Body Ventura just walks in. Oh, let me tell you, I'm a fighter. What we got to do is burn the American flag on Saturday morning so all the kids get terrified and learn about freedom of expression. Well, this is what it is. This is the thing where it's like Vince McMahon, we've seen the 70s and the early 80s, every single business venture he had failed. This one's starting to have a downturn, so he's probably fucking freaking out thinking... I'm going to go back to the dude that lost everything because like we said before with No Holds Barred and with all these other things, he reinvests his fucking money immediately. Make no mistake, Vince McMahon is dumb Jeff Bezos. Whereas Jeff (laughs) Bezos goes, what will people need? Oh, I know. I'll just, I'll branch out from books and I'll try and get into clothes. And people were like, people will want to try on clothes. And he'll be like, not if I don't pay anyone anything. If a shirt's $5, they'll just fucking buy it because it's $5. Also, you're fired. You're done yeah. now. Um, no talking. Vince McMahon just goes, I know what everyone likes. And they're like, um, food? And he goes, no, bodybuilding. Yeah. Let me t- we'll have extra dollar when you buy the pay-per-view for. You can lick the bodybuilder. You just got to get there on your let own. Let me tell you what's missing from football, and that's pre-scripted angles um that's not what's missing from football actually so they have the royal rumble oh um oh they do this by the way in after a year of real lacking in creative stewardship a lot of words there um the royal rumble is an absolute fucking triumph they set up everything they need to set up for wrestlemania they have a match where sergeant slaughter wins the title in a terrifying fucking fashion they also have the Macho King Randy Savage, accompanied by Sar- uh, Sensational Sherry, constantly interfering. And for the first time ever in the WWF, they do it in a way where the referee justifiably will not see it. In that the Macho Man Randy Savage runs faster than I've ever seen anyone run in my entire life. Sergeant Slaughter distracts the referee. He cracks him in the head with a fucking scepter and then da- jumps under the ring. So all the, the referee then sees is a KO'd Ultimate Warrior. And he's like, well, I'll... I didn't see anything. It is an absolute masterstroke. If they wanted to keep the belt on the Ultimate Warrior, it's almost one of those things where they could have actually then had the main event of WrestleMania be Warrior Slaughter as a rematch, and I think that that would have been just as fucking hot and exciting, quite frankly, because you could have reinvented the Ultimate Warriors. He's no longer this madman. He's now a patriot for the first time. He's fighting for America. He's not from parts unknown. But Vince McMahon, again, as you said, he's fucking terrified. He's got to be aware of the Zahorian thing is bubbling up behind the surface. He needs to have a war chest. How am I going to get a war chest? Go get me Terry. Tell him that he can, of course, eat a bunch of raw steaks and then just oogle women as they pee. We need him here. Get me Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he can videotape Linda doing whatever he wants. Get me Terry. Yeah. Get Terry on the blower. Get him here now. <laughs> so, well, this is the interesting. I mean, we can talk 
you can kind of debate back and forth the decision to not make Ultimate Warrior Mr. America during this time. I think it would have been really, really weird. And I forgot about, like, everyone paints it as, oh, they were done with the Ultimate Warrior and the Ultimate Warrior was now, you know, just thrown to the fucking uh, the heap. But keep in mind what they do here is he loses by getting hit with a scepter. And then we'll talk about this when the time comes. But obviously the match with Randy Savage where he pins him with one fucking foot. Like that's not really burying the old guy. And they put they they put him back to being Ultimate Warrior. He is the he is clearly the silver medal to Hulk Hogan's gold medal. Mm-hmm. He is not like thrown onto the fucking scrap. He's not what they do now with people like Bray Wyatt, where it's like, well, you had the belt and we didn't help you, and you didn't make us one billion dollars. So get the fuck out. Yeah, and the Warrior honestly was like weird that he could lose in a way because this is is this not this isn't his first loss but it's one of the first times where it's like oh he, he can be pinned he yeah. lost yeah 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 it's fucking bananas and also Wrestlemania 7 we're jumping around a little bit so let's let's concentrate the Royal Rumble then I want to revisit Ultimate Warrior Wrestlemania 7 so they have a big feud uh, obviously the Rumble for the first time ever because there is a title match, that being Warrior versus Slaughter, or is uh, the first time, or sorry, the fir- the only pay-per-view um, during 1991 where they actually have an uptick in buys. The February 1st, they have the main event, which is the last main event on NBC for about two decades because they get a 6.7 rating compared to the 8.6 in November of 1990 that put the show 74th in the ratings so they get the old boot and god damn it everything is falling apart primetime wrestling is switched from its long uh, from the format of uh, talk show moderated by Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan um, to another one that was like kind of more like a talk and variety show loosely resembling that of Tuesday Night Titans, and that only lasted for 10 months. So you see where WWF is as far as television goes. I can't believe that they would put a TV show on that wasn't just squash matches that was just like, how about Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan have a weird kayfabe argument for an hour, and that's our TV show. Again, this is the same company that, and we kind of glossed past it, but at some point made the Bobby Heenan talk show. Like Vince McMahon was convinced Bobby Mm -hmm. Heenan would be as good as Johnny Carson. I love Bobby Heenan. I think he's a hell of a broadcaster outside of wrestling. He's not a talk show host. Well, this is the thing. If you go in the wrestling bubble, there's so many people who swear Bobby Heenan was the funniest person in the world and should have been a comedian. Yeah. When in reality, like Bobby Heenan is funny and he is like charming, but he's like just doing jokes from a book. Yeah. And speaking of Bobby Heenan, by the way, uh, in 1991, Bobby Heenan passed out on an airplane. Supposedly he had taken uh, GHB that had been given to him by Bruce Pritchard because they used it to sleep. That's the sidebar mm-hmm. story of this and was caught with how many grams of pot in his bag, Dylan? 48. 48 grand. What are you doing that you're traveling with that much weed? <laughs> you're having a good fucking night. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, uh, hello, humanoids. I'm here to party. Uh, Dave Meltzer was asked not to run this story by a source within the WWE, and he did. Uh, this goes back to uh, in 1987, he agreed with a source within the WWF to keep the fact that Jake the Snake Roberts repeatedly failed drug tests for cocaine use out of the Observer, which caused him to have a falling out with Bruiser Brody, who said that uh, Meltzer's commitment should be to the truth. I mean, when 
when the the crazy man with all the facial scars is like, you lack journalistic integrity, it's time to look in a mirror. I'm going to say that right now. Basically, Meltzer goes, they're doing a fucking angle on the Gulf War. This is tasteless. And the WWF goes, don't do that. We'll try and get you fired. And then Meltzer goes, okay, here's 19 other stories of you guys being shit that I've not released because I was trying to be nice. Yeah. Now it's time for Count the Fucking Coins Dave to get his revenge. Yeah, it's time for Quiet Black... There are the 38 staples in that, stair- in that chair, Vince. There should be 70. <laughs> your butt's going to fall through it. Uh, are you aware that the thread crowd of your trousers is subpar based on the amount of money you paid for those trouser fins? I expect more of you. I'll see you in fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry, what we should say about the Royal Rumble, we are jumping around here, but what we should say about the Royal Rumble is two major things happen, which is obviously the Ultimate Warrior and um, Sa- uh, Savage knocking out the Ultimate Warrior for the title, Sar- Slaughter winning the title, so I should say three because Hogan finishes up his feud with Earthquake via just eliminating him from the Royal Rumble, Hulk Hogan winning the Royal Rumble. Now, this was not explicitly said that Hulk Hogan would get a title shot at WrestleMania, but that's effectively what happened. Yeah. And I think that's in because that's when they're like, oh, that worked well because he won the Rumble and then he went on to main event WrestleMania. Why don't we just do that from now on? I'm not, I'm sure, I don't know if that conversation explicitly takes place, but I mean, they must have put those two together. Supposedly, according to a few people backstage, it was a conversation that had been happening for years. And I want you to guess who was blocking the idea of making it that ironclad that one event led to the other event. Who do you think would be blocking that? Oh, that's easy. The um, uh, Bruce Pritchard. I- incorrect. Would you like to guess again? Sensational Sherry. It was Sensational Sherry, actually. No, it was... <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, it was Vin- Vince McMahon was blocking it. Essentially, and this is, I think, been said by Bruce Pritchard, but I may be misremembering. He was saying um, he didn't want to be backed into a corner of having to put a title shot on someone if he actually didn't want them to have that title shot, even though he wanted them to win the Royal Rumble, which is such Vince McMahon logic of, well, what if I change my mind later after I've already done this thing? I don't want to be, I don't want to be locked into any sort of planning or logic. I want to be able to do what I please. I'm, I'm Vince McMahon and I'm a big baby. What if baby doesn't want to have his diaper changed? Baby wants to sit in his mess kind of get that i do kind of get that and the reason being is that like you want to be able to pivot and the other thing now is particularly what makes it kind of silly that the royal rumble winner automatically gets a title shot even that works really well from a storyline perspective because everyone loves the rumble but now they have this pay-per-view before the rumble that's just kind of like why would anyone watch this shit or sorry the before wrestlemania where it's like nothing clearly there's not going to be a fucking title change yeah nothing's gonna happen or if there is a title change you can totally tell when it's gonna happen like when cm punk uh fought the rock where it's like clearly the rock is gonna win i can put cm punk versus john cena on top again um absolutely and it's also one of those things well that was done at the rumble but it's also they have finally figured out that you can use the elimination chamber in a similar way to the royal rumble and i don't understand why they don't just space the pay-per-views out so it's rumble elimination chamber wrestlemania like do I need to explain well, fucking that's the, it, everything? That's the thing where it's like, sorry, they could totally just do that and then people would look forward to things, but that's another discussion for another time. We have so many more weeks of this. Of course. Oh my God. We're never not going to be talking about Vince McMahon. Okay. 1991, WrestleMania 7, Los Angeles, Memorial Sports Arena, 16,000 people. The buy rate dropped to 400,000, down 160,000. 
and down 367,000 from the pay-per-view high point previously of WrestleMania 5. John, was it supposed to be in the Memorial Arena in the first place? You know, Dylan, I'm glad you brought that up because yes, it was. Oh, wow. Yes, it this was. This is a little known point. Yeah, it was actually always, it was. It was always supposed to be there. They in no way advertised they'd be in Olympic Stadium the previous year at WrestleMania 6. They were always going to be in a smaller building. And also, by the way, if you happen to wonder why would they go into a smaller building, it had nothing to do with the fact that they did pro- they did up to that point the most tasteless angle that the WWF had ever done by basically being like, you know who our world champion is? A guy that wants to fucking kill soldiers, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, here's actually, this is true, though. There was a bomb threat called in. I don't know if I believe that based on no evidence. How about that? No, there was. Oh, okay. Do you want to know what happened? Go on. Brendan Burns is going to perform no. solos over there. <laughs> uh, you can use that. No Context Wrestler Review. I want that clipped out. I want that tweeted at Brendan. Yeah. Take that, Brendan, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I love you. Anyway. I'm Brendan. I'm starting my life over. And guess who's not helping you? Two of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so... Obviously, uh, WrestleMania 7, great match between Savage and Warrior. The first time, multiple, not first time, obviously, but the mainstream stage, multiple finishers are used. Savage hits like five elbow drops in a row. Warrior still kicks out. Savage gets, uh, what, flying shoulder blocked six times out of the ring each time. Dragged in the ring, covered with one foot, one, two, three. But in a, actually what I think is, such a mirroring of the year before. Re- Most Elizabeth comes out and reunites with Randy Savage, saving him from the evil sensational Sherry, the woman who hated the Royal Rumble idea. And, and once again, Randy Savage steals the show, and it runs into this thing where if you look at it on paper, the Ultimate Warrior has won at two straight WrestleManias, beating 1A and 1B, the best, the most well-known wrestlers in the world to that point, and still is number three very clearly because they're better at acting than he is. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior is not good at positioning himself to not be taken advantage of in these situations. In that, he to not look like a real horse's patoot. You can use that. Yeah. You you maybe want to do that angle some other way so he doesn't look like a real piece of garbage. But it's fucking Ultimate Warrior. He's a a goon. He doesn't know how to do anything. It's very true. He doesn't know how to do anything, and the thing is, if you're thinking his character is kind of put in a weird space because the Ultimate Warrior clearly is a psychopathic character and he, and he talks nonsense, that's why would he, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage also talked complete fucking nonsense. It's just that he had Elizabeth as his valet, which meant that he could color his character with some actual human emotion, and the Ultimate Warrior didn't have that. He just was like... Sp- he was basically... The character was, I'm schizophrenic, but I'm also ripped with a good heart. Well, no, here's... Because he would just start talking to the sky, where it's like, oh, the Ultimate Warrior is just schizophrenic, but like instead of sleeping on a beer bottle like Artie Lang does, he's sleeping in the gym like Dylan Gott does. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's true. Dylan does sleep in the gym because he can't afford rent. Yeah, yeah, so he's. Wa- I do not work out in there. Yeah, no, no, Dylan... No. I just go there to eat cake. Oh yeah, the the I I walked into a gym in Santa Ana, California, and they call that area the Pro Shop, and it was only selling water bottles, and water bottles were sold out. <laughs> we'll be back talking about the WrestleMania Seven main event right after this. 
Hey, Dylan, have you ever thought about giving us money because we fucking do a good fucking job for these fucking ungrateful fans? They're all pieces of shit. Every fucking week, we take time to research this show, then forget most of it and talk about who would like to come on. Yeah. And by, I think that deserves money. And by we, we mean a guy we've met a few times, and he needs money because I keep promising to pay him, but then I say, no, haven't earned it. Why? <laughs> yeah. I spend the money on candy and hummus. Separately, I don't. I don't dip the candy in hummus. That would be a Old taste. Snickers to bar say. hummus Hastings over here needs money. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review, or rate and subscribe on iTunes, or do both. And here's another one. Fucking shut the fuck up, buddy. Yeah. Right now, are you talking? Are you talking? Are you talking to me? Where are you listening on? Were you doing dishes? Turn, fucking turn, break all your dishes, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> shut your cock washer, and use your fucking dick grabbers. To give us some fucking money. So WrestleMania 7 main event, Sergeant Slaughter versus Saul Kogan. John, give me a take. Take something from me. Give me your fucking wallet, baby. Um, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, WrestleMania 7 is the most interesting WrestleMania of the first 20 because it's basically it is the in the way that a drag queen is doing an exaggeration of a woman for comedic and performative purposes. WrestleMania is doing a performative version of all other versions of WrestleMania. They, but it doesn't work. It Ooh. it comes off as um as phony and fake and forced. Not in the way that a drag queen does, but in the way that Pamela Anderson presents her vegan attitudes. Um <laughs> this guy can't stop You broke Kid Rock's heart and I will never fucking forgive you. <laughs> you made him racist. Yeah. This is your fault. I used to be able to enjoy his music in my car loudly. Now I have to do it in my house quietly. <laughs> Headphones only for Kid Rock. So I think that uh, I, that's so interesting, this 20, that he think it is the most interesting because I see this as the first swing and a miss WrestleMania, which is WrestleMania is so hot. Oh, it's so fucking yeah. dripping, fucking hot. It's like Dylan eating. It's like Dylan eating cake in a gym. That's how fucking hot it is. <laughs> it's so hot for the first four, and then they have the two, two of the greatest angles of all time, which are the Mega Powers exploding and Hulk Hogan's first face versus face challenge. Holy shit! How's he gonna beat this guy who plays by the goddamn rules too? This guy loves vitamins as well. You know what I mean? So. These two crazy draws, the, f the last two were, and now this one is, hey, we just rushed together this character that's clearly... Like, I remember watching this as a kid, and when you're watching it as a kid, you think, oh, all of a sudden, this guy got good? I guess. And they started rushing things together. Like, this is the same year as they have the... Uh, what the fuck is this called? Tuesday in Texas, right? Yeah. It's right after this, yeah, because The Undertaker comes out and basically Bruce Pritchard really likes The Undertaker and they're like, well, guess who gets to be champion? But they do that. They have a, like a quick switch with this one where Slaughter wins it and then loses yeah. at WrestleMania. And then they have a quick switch with The Undertaker where he wins it and then loses it on Tuesday. And, and do you know why they did that? Like two transitionary champions. I don't know why they did that. John. They did that because again, and this goes absolutely to Dylan's point at the top of the show is Vince McMahon is panicking. Vince McMahon is concerned about losing his empire and he's looking for other sources of revenue. His main source and best source of revenue is pay-per-view. So what he was attempting to do was open up 
two days that could be traditionally seen as pay-per-views, pay-per-view days in the WWF, basically having... So any pay-per-view event would either be like like to be continued and then you have to buy Tuesday or some months it would be Sunday, some months it would be Tuesday to cut down on competition from things like football and other Sunday night programming. Now, how they did this was Survivor Series basically comes across like a shitty TV taping to set up Tuesday night in uh, in Texas. They have all the same matches again. The execution is terrible. This, and look at WrestleMania is the same way. This is Vince McMahon panicking, and Vince McMahon, when he panics, he does the stupidest thing, which is he stops being a promoter and tries to influence and control all aspects of his business as opposed to delegating, monitoring, and managing because he is a fucking narcissist with a drug problem, and he's trying to control everybody. Who wants to kiss me? I'm Vince McMahon. Well, I think he's also the owner. He's also the owner, so when he goes, okay, everything's actually in jeopardy now, I need to make the decision when in reality it's like Vince McMahon doesn't really know what's good, but he knows what, how to make things great. Like you give him something good and he'll make it great. If you give him something great, he'll make it, he'll make it amazing, but he doesn't necessarily know what people like and why. Now we've talked about the WrestleMania seven main event, um, Sergeant Slaughter versus Hulk Hogan, a good match. Hulk Hogan bleeds. At WrestleMania, which is how you know they fucking were in a... They put Baby in a corner because they fucking took out the big guns to make to make it look like Hulk Hogan was in jeopardy. And when Hulk Hogan wins, it's just pretty anticlimactic. The crowd's not on board. They shouldn't have done it in L.A. This no, the crowd... This is the thing. Crowd was very... Un- like, if you listen to that crowd, they would kill everyone to get that amount of heat again. I don't remember. I haven't watched this. Ma- I didn't. I didn't sit down and watch this match for this episode, which is a. Oh, dude, it's crazy that the amount of heat where they're like, "Oh fuck," the there was so, there was ticket sales were poor and everyone hated everything. Unless they redubbed everything, this crowd is going insane because it's like the difference between men and kids yelling in the crowd because like the kids are just screaming for Hogan, screaming USA and. Honestly, the Warriors super over, and so is Macho Man. And people go nuts for the Macho Man Elizabeth thing. It's, crowd reaction-wise, an absolute out of the park, but the thing was, he had done such a detriment to himself because he had, like you said, invested in Sergeant Slaughter being the big heel when he didn't think it would turn into a war between... And it's very worth mentioning that, like, this isn't a war like a war in the 80s this is a war that is on cnn 24 hours a day yeah this war in america they were literally they got somehow got the feeds of the missiles going into buildings so you could literally watch with a camera as a missile went into a building because america's fucking crazy do you think vince mcmahon was trying to develop a north korean character when Trump was going to North Korea. Like, do you think that they rushed in and were like, you know, Dennis Rodman knows how to wrestle. He was just in North Korea. Do you want to sell out the Jerry Dome for WrestleMania 34? Like, <laughs> this is an old promotional tactic, though, because the Iran hostage crisis led to the Iron Sheik, just as this led to Sergeant Slaughter. It's just now everyone's thinking this is tasteless. And the other thing is, he tries this again in nine years or ten years, sorry, with Muhammad Hassan. And the, this, 
use of it and the Muhammad Hassan use of it are peak Vince McMahon. He's been given a little bit of information, doesn't understand the execution, and does it in a flashy, more memorable way than anyone, and it still fucks up. The reason why Iron Sheik worked in 1985 was that the Iran Contra or the Iran hostage situation ended five years earlier. It was out of the popular consciousness. For fucks, like they were, like. The World Trade Center was still on fire, and they were like, Muhammad Hassan, go out there and... Um... <laughs> Muhammad Hassan, I know you're Italian, and you just started wrestling, but now you're Arabic, and you're fucking evil. Yeah, oh, by the way, we're going to be going to London during the 7-7 bombings, and we want you to claim they were your idea. I'm not really comfortable with that. Sorry, we don't speak in negatives here at the WWE, you fucking loser. Just to show you how overwhelmed Vince McMahon was with, like, everything that was going on in this year. So he forms... This is very funny. George Zahorian is indicted June of 1991, Woo! and, like, three days later... No, sorry. I'm, I messed up the timing. George Zahorian is convicted of selling anabolic steroids uh, on June 27th. Three days earlier, the WBF is... <laughs> that's his first event. Oh, yes! Which is like, do I deal steroids? Ignore what I just paid to put on. Uh, I know how we'll just distract these government goons. A bunch of muscly pretty boys. It's so weird because he just takes the elements of wrestling that make it up and tries to sell them separately. By which I mean like WWE movies is like obviously maybe... Obviously, it's like uh, to an extreme the acting involved in wrestling, and then WBF is the like maybe they just like the bodies, but he never is just like here's a WWF stunt show or. Something. But this is no but idea. this is the thing that with wrestling executives because you look at Eric Bischoff did the same same thing where they go what are my interests and Eric Bischoff was like. I like cigars and I like motorcycles. And so every Nitro for two years, someone's going to be smoking a cigar and driving a motorcycle inexplicably. And we're going to go to Sturgis, South Dakota for a oh, yeah. white supremacy rally and make sure that Harlem Heat's always on the card. <laughs> we're going to make Harlem Heat in danger. But you know what? They, they are so used to kind of being in danger because they're constantly in wrestling locker rooms that they won't even make a big deal out of it. In July... This is great because people forget this about the USWA, but Jerry Lawler is just doing promos saying everyone in the WWF is on steroids. This is a natural body. Look how bad I look. Can I get into that high school? <laughs> yeah, I'm Jerry Lawler saw the movie Billy Madison and then tried to do that for every year. up Yeah, until B Jerry Lawler saw Bill. I'm in grade three, too. <laughs> get the fuck yeah. out of here. Oh, uh, you know. Sorry, I'm too busy playing Fortnite. Uh, hello, kids. I was just uh, doing some uh, flossing uh, with my parents because I'm a boy, and I was wondering if you all wanted to come over to my house without your parents. <laughs> Do you guys want to hang out in the dark somewhere? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Jerry Lawler, and I'm somehow still employed by the WWF where you'll get fired if you get pregnant, but if you're just a monster, you get promoted. Who wants to kiss me? So, apparently, July 14th, Vince McMahon says he's going to have a new goddamn steroid regime. This is an interesting one because this is when they actually... This is the two times in their history they've actually tested people for steroids. <laughs> I mean, they didn't test Hulk Hogan. They didn't test Hulk Hogan. They didn't test a lot of people. 
Randy Savage lost at WrestleMania and retired specifically because he wanted to get off roids and try and have a baby with Elizabeth. But they catch some lower card guys and they fire some people that are clearly on steroids. Actually, I shouldn't say that because, God damn it. Oh, I, this is what I wanted to say. This is a very fun fact. Is that all five pay-per-views... This shows how much Vince McMahon was distracted. All five pay-per-views in 1991 had the Warlord versus the British Bulldog as a match on it. All I mean, five. I, I mean, that's again... You have to distract the people looking at you for steroid abuse. How better to distract them with two big, beautiful men clearly getting winded because their muscles are crushing their skeletons? <laughs> Billy Graham goes on the offensive against the WWF, basically saying, I did heavy steroids. I showed Hulk Hogan how to do steroids. And he is a great witness coming up in the trials. Nails is not. Oh, yeah. This is the best part. Yeah. What fucking prosecutor was like, yeah, we better get this guy, Kevin, who's fucking insane to stand on the fucking... Uh, to because they didn't... This is... Or we'll get to this when we get to the actual steroid trials. But, like, this is so much of your dad trying to convict someone in wrestling. Maybe I'm projecting here, but it's like they're... The U.S. attorney and the U.S. government in this case is so much like wrestling is fake. These guys are stupid that they don't give them credit for being just like you tried to convict the carnies of making making the game where you shoot the ball into the jug impossible. And the carnies just changed the jug and didn't tell you about it. You weren't like, I'll keep the jug because this is the jug you always use. You went, just come back tomorrow with the same jug. And the carnies were like, okay, and they just got new jug. I think Dylan just wanted to say jugs a lot because jugs are a synonym for boobs. A cumonym. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking home. Thank God. you. Fucking. You know, sometimes I think you're not fucking committed to the program and then you fucking drop something like that. <laughs> Collectively, over the summer, WWF ratings plummet 16%. But you know what else happens? Vince McMahon signs Ric Flair. And goddammit, does he think that Ric Flair is going to make a difference and he doesn't really? Um, that's not entirely fair. I think that Ric Flair historic... Yeah, it makes a difference for wrestling fans looking back, but it's also they didn't present it properly. They didn't... They brought... The, the whole thing of he's the real, real world's champion, all this sort of stuff. Like... They didn't put Hulk Hogan in jeopardy against Ric Flair. They didn't have chemistry. They didn't build up to it. The weird thing is, is that when Hogan went to WCW where Flair was big, those were big fucking, um, those were big fucking draws. Like the, the crowd was hot for those matches because they were educated as to who Flair was and who Hogan was. They kind of knew who Flair was, but they didn't really. They needed to have Flair come out and immediately be gunning gunning true. for Hogan and ex like basically do what they did in the NWO, but with Flair being like, I all mm -hmm. of your friends were friends of mine before they met you and became losers. Um, I'm like, I do what you do to other people's wives, but those women are single. Ooh. <laughs> we both share the same race views, but that's not a discussion here. What you needed is like a guy like like let's say they have they have the 
They, so let's give an example. They have the Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth wedding on television. At SummerSlam. Snake at SummerSlam. Interrupts it and beats the shit out of fucking. Gets him a wedding gift of a snake. Great fucking angle. You got, you're off to the races, Jake and Randy Savage. Great feud. What they could have done there, obviously, this is obviously not real, but like you have Flair go after someone like Savage, and you have go- Flair go after someone maybe even like Jake the Snake, just some heel or some babyface, sorry, you haven't seen lose, and just have Ric Flair beat the fucking shit out of them. The entire storyline. And then you do it again, and that's when he faces Hogan. Because you, by the way, could have even done it with, because uh, uh, Jake the Snake shows up with Undertaker. If he shows up with Ric Flair, and it's like, why is Ric Flair here? And it's like, oh, he turned Jake the Snake against the Macho Man. He's this rich bitch asshole man who's just like, this is how you get ahead, baby. You gotta, um, gotta get nuts. Also, by the way, of course, uh, on Saturday morning television. Jake the Snake then has a snake bite Macho Man Randy Savage on the arm in one of the... And this is the thing with 1991 is they're really starting to try and get a bit attitude era-y where it's like, we need more people to watch. How are we going to do that? I know what we'll do. We will show children a snake being its most snaky while uh, uh, a dude who looks like he's got cigarettes but you cannot have one uh, laughs in Macho Man Randy Savage's face. Yeah, and the snake is devenomed and chews on Savage's arm. And and if you want to look back at the Savage angle with the warrior, Sensational Sherry, getting on her knees and begging the ultimate warrior, basically like, I'll suck your dick, just fucking face him. Oh, yeah. This is all within a year. And Hogan bleeding at WrestleMania, you're really onto something. They have the return match, Warrior and Hogan against Slaughter, Colonel Mustafa, and General Adnan, and then... Uh, the slaughter gimmick is immediately dropped after the SummerSlam main event, which is crazy because it's like, who's going to win? The Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan, these juiced up bad boys, or Sergeant Slaughter and two yeah, old men. <laughs> and two men that are uh, tired. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you don't have the tag team partners be the actual generals. No. You're not like, oh man, who's going to win? Um, Ivan Drago or Rocky and Nick. <laughs> So it's pretty much just Rocky. No, Mick's there too. So wait, if he beats up Rocky, he kills Mick? The one thing I will point out though is this SummerSlam is unique for one thing. It's one of the first times that they use marketing and like underscore, like not underscores, but like undertitles. Like they they, they use like catchphrases or taglines because it was the match made in heaven, the match made in hell. Also, I should say, Renaming the Iron Sheik Colonel Mustafa is very funny. Absolutely. Why don't they just call him Colonel Iron Sheik? No idea. And also, they pretended he wasn't the Iron Sheik. He's a colonel now. Why? Uh, he's much fatter. Yeah, they also <laughs> didn't say, oh, it's the Iron Sheik. Like, they very much were like, a new person that looks nothing like the Iron Sheik. Are you sure that's pretty much... I mean, Colonel Mustafa just took eight Vicodin and then tried to fuck a cat. That's the Iron Sheik's move. Yeah, they, they trained together. They had a sick name, though. The Triangle of Terror is a good name. And, like, he had a great theme song. It's just a weird and unfortunate... um, It's a weird and unfortunate angle that all of this... That Vince McMahon really, really went with this rather than, like... It's one of those things, like, dip your toe in, but Vince McMahon 
now that I'm saying this, is absolutely not a dip-your-toe-in kind of guy. This, of course, is a, an amazing event because the Ultimate Warrior holds up Vince McMahon before yeah, the show. Yeah, I, I like that Ultimate Warrior did this. That he's just like, you know what? I want $250,000. No. Yeah, though. I like it that he was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but you'll always have me back because, like, fuck yeah. you. And he did. And by the way, Hulk Hogan's true colors come out, which was he then told Iron Sheik to break his leg in the ring. Iron Sheik. He was told Iron Sheik. That's so funny. That's like, that's kind of cute, though, that it's like Hogan doesn't realize dad isn't as strong as he used to be. Yeah. He also doesn't realize, like, why don't you do it? If that's what you want to do, you do it. Because he can't just be like, in the match, just break well, his leg. Guess what? Figure out a way to explain that out of there, moral Hulk Hogan, you absolute bag of shit. What's he going to do? Just like, tag me in, brother. Tag. And then he just pipes him in the leg. Why do you have a pipe? Like, oh. <laughs> maybe you don't side every time with Vince McMahon. Like, maybe that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, maybe don't be like, well, Vince is probably in the right here, seeing as I just saw... Oh, I thought you said Hulk Hogan. Said Hulk Hogan that. did say that to Ultimate, uh, to Iron Sheik about the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. How am I siding with Vince McMahon then? Oh, you mean Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan, Hogan sided with, with Vince McMahon. Not you. You never sided with Vince McMahon. Oh, I get you it. Always... Because that's where his bread is buttered, baby. This guy's going to be in Hollywood, but he still wants that cheese. He wants that cheddar, honey. Yeah, maybe. I just disagree. Yeah, because he told the Iron Sheik to break his leg, and then if the Iron Sheik was like, well, he told me to break his leg, he'll be like, the Sheik is on crack. I didn't say that. Let me help you with yeah, your leg. let me give you some crack. Um, also, the other thing that's important at this SummerSlam match is just this is Bret Hart's beginning of Bret Hart's uh, ascension to being important in the company after a great Intercontinental title match that even Vince McMahon apparently gave him props for, which was very rare at that time for Vince McMahon to acknowledge the quality of matches. And he began saying to Brett, I don't want to know how your matches end. I want to only watch your matches. So this is absolutely an event where you can see that Vince McMahon is perhaps flirting with the idea of a new champion, which we'll all get to next. Well, he has to be because he can't, like... During the steroid yeah, but you're stuck more with Ric Flair. Like we're jumping around a little bit. It's Rick like how as soon as Benoit, the Benoit murders happened, they CNN had this like 20 minute profile on CM Punk and how he was straight edge, and then CM Punk won Money in the Bank. Oh yeah, but it's also one of those. No wait, that's that. The timing on that is off. I should say that because he didn't win Money in the Bank until a couple years later. But they have a big profile on CM Punk, nonetheless, about like this guy's straight edge. See, so not all wrestlers are... This one guy doesn't do yeah, drugs. He's, he's straight edge, and don't worry. The ending of his relationship with our company will be fractious. Um, uh, the other thing I just want to point out is they didn't... They, Tell me They the didn't have thing. to go with Brett, though. They had Ric Flair. They could have committed more to Ric Flair than they did. They really commit to him at the beginning of 92, and then it falters. Ric Flair comes in in 91. Who? it's huge. Who? it's exciting. Oh, it's very good. They do the Tuesday night in Texas experiment. It's terrible. This is essentially just a year where Vince McMahon is really coming into his own as the Vince McMahon we now know and despise. He is trying to manipulate journalists and then getting angry when they won't lose their integrity. He's trying to hotshot in these very weird ways. He's using Booker and uh, wrestling tricks but not using them properly or not understanding how they're used, so they falter. He is messing up. All the time, baby. 
But what what happens though? What happens at uh SS Summer or sorry? What happens at a fucking um Survivor Series, baby? Undertaker beats Hulk Hogan for the title with the assistance of Ric Flair. Yeah, puts a chair under him. So you've already uh, cuckolded Ric Flair because he can't beat Hulk Hogan himself, but he helps. <laughs> That's from Mad Magazine when I was a kid. The Undies Is that true? Taker. Yep, that was WWF Magazine, The Undies Taker. Taking your undies. Yeah, that's Jerry Lawler, as it turned out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawler called the magazine went. Yeah, uh, stop giving the Undertaker my gimmick. <laughs> what kind of undies are we talking about? <laughs> puppies? No, I want pups. Oh, gross! <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. That's why he was called puppies because there he didn't want to see dogs. He wanted to see puppies. It's a big transitional year, baby. December sees Shawn Michaels throw Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Tuesday night in Texas takes place. Yeah. It is the worst. Um, and Hogan wins the title back two transitional champions in the same year after how many title changes that they had previously. Absolutely. But that is also fraught with controversy and it sets up arguably the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Royal Rumble 92, which we will cover next week. Dylan, what is the best thing about Vince McMahon in 1991? The best thing about Vince McMahon in 1991. I don't know, man. (laughs) Wait, I mean, what's the best thing that he thinks about himself? From his perspective, I'm sure it's the best thing about his the best the best thing about his year that year was trying to get Dave Meltzer fired. The worst thing was the beginning of the steroid trial because they are lining it up, and this is the fucking U.S. government coming after his fucking pompadour ass. Um, the best thing uh, from 1991 is Vince McMahon after uh, three days before the Zahorian trial launches the WBF. That's absolutely, that's so Vince McMahon. I've never heard in my entire life. And the worst thing about it is the, I'm going to say this, is um, the ultimate warrior leaving. That I think really hurts Vince McMahon's business going into 1992. He's of course back pretty quickly, but he would have been a really important cog in getting Ric Flair over and as a legitimate threat to Hulk Hogan. I think that's the worst thing is we, we we are robbed six months of hearing a homophobe yell. <laughs> yeah, the worst thing is clearly like every single pay-per-view is down at least 100,000 buys. It's clearly getting worse and Vince McMahon doesn't know why. I think this is one of the unknowing... All right, so f- from a child watching it, which I was at this time, this was a great year. This was a great year in wrestling because... This you started to get a transition off of even Hulk Hogan. While Hulk Hogan is clinging on for your dear life to the top spot, you're getting transitions on the undercard. As you said, Shawn Michaels is becoming a baby is uh is turned heel. Um, Bret Hart has left the Hart Foundation, and you're getting the Undertaker is really really establishing himself. These are three young talents that are going to be legends in professional wrestling. And then from the worst part is obviously probably the worst part for Vince McMahon was the Hulk. The worst part for Vince McMahon was probably that Hulk Hogan kept on clinging to his top spot because if he wasn't there, if he was just okay with being like, Hey, I do movies. And then sometimes I come back and help you sell a pay-per-view and then I get my pay-per-view points. And you know what? Sure. I'll lose one match. I'll lose one match to whoever your big star is and then I'll shake their hand and say hey that was a really good match we had and then that's it I never have a return match with them um, 
then that would have really helped him. But Vince just thinks Hulk Hogan's the lifeblood and that forever Hulk Hogan will help his company, even though, like, at Tuesday night in, uh, sorry, at Tuesday night in Texas, they were confiscating pro Undertaker signs because people were that fed up with Hulk Hogan. Because you understand, if someone started watching your product and they're eight years old in 1985, now they are 14 and they're like a fucking shithead now. And they're, they want, th- those people, the people who were born, like we were born in 1985, the people who were born in 1980 never had an attitude era. They just stopped watching wrestling. That's an amazing fucking point. Yeah, they didn't have they didn't have wrestling that reflected their adolescence. They just had your like wrestling totally grew up with us. Like it was weird and and then it start like we're like 1985, so we're like 12 when the Attitude Era really kicks in in 1997, and then we're complete ignorant, just like oh, the girls wearing a bikini. Goosh. That's who we are at fucking in the year 2000, and then. And then even when WWF gets sold in 2000, or sorry, WCW gets sold in 2001, moving on, it becomes specifically for nerds. So it's like it completely has grown up with us versus like they just straight up lost up. The, the 100,000 people that didn't watch it were probably because, oh, this is tasteless now and oh, they're on steroids. That's where it really kicked in because that is the thing that bit him in the ass was how evangelical he made his product and how much he aligned with right wing evangelical views whereas now it's like being a right winger just means like you don't you want to defund hospitals because you should know how to stitch yeah exactly up. like right now now the right wing reflects vince mcmahon where it's like taxes are illegal taxes are illegal the only thing i like about organized religion is the, and the tax and the tax exemption he also likes that yeah tax exemption if <laughs> If I like something enough, it is a religion, and you can't. Yeah, like bear in mind. Oh God, I can't wait till we f- he fights God. It's gonna be great, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. You've heard so much about this area, about this uh, specifically ninety-one. I'm gonna say ninety-one to ninety-five. I'm really intrigued with. Everyone knows everything about fucking ninety-six to two thousand and one, but ninety-one to ninety-five is great. And then once we take a big fucking chunk out of two thousand and three on. That's what oh I'm my god! No one knows what's going on. So, but and this is the beginning of Vince McMahon truly being Vince. This is the most Vince McMahon he gets. This is if Vince McMahon was Hulk Hogan. This is the year he leg drops Iron Sheik and truly becomes himself. It's true. And how do you spell come, Dylan? C U U M M M. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Dylan Gott for John Hastings. We will see you next week. Go buy my album, Dr. Plops, available on Spotify, iTunes, and where all albums are available. <laughs> it's my album. It's called Dr. Plops. All of the money goes to Brianna Taylor's GoFundMe. Please buy it on Bandcamp. All the money goes to Brianna Taylor's GoFundMe. I have actually a quick clarification. Quick clarification, Dylan. If I buy it on Bandcamp, the money goes to Brianna Taylor, and then all other things, is it all the money going, or is it just Bandcamp you can direct the money to? Bandcamp is all, is the only way I'm accepting money, because it's also on Spotify. It's also on Spotify, but and you can obviously independently donate, but if you buy it on Bandcamp, then I'll just give all the money, or you can just donate directly, which is Exactly. Do a good thing for a terrible man, who's Dylan Gott, and buy that album, Terrible, man. And so he can donate the money to an amazing cause. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you.
Thank you so much. Follow us on Twitter at Wrestler Review, Instagram at Wrestler Review. We'll be back this week, Tuesday and Thursday, watching Women of Wrestling on our Instagram Live. That's at Wrestler Review. That's 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Fucking 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Noon Pacific Time. I don't know where else you guys live. Who knows? Those are the three most popular ones uh, by analytics that listen to us. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with Vince McMahon's 1992 Losing His Mind a Little Bit More.